What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 367 of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast, Hot Tags of the Week, where we will be breaking down the current events, the rumors, the news, the gossip, and all the other bullshit that we feel like talking about that happened over the past couple of days in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, is Robert DeFelice. How you doing tonight, Tony? Uh, I feel like I'm talking really fast. Am I? Uh, you did... You breezed through that intro, but I think you're all right. <laughs> well, this week's current events we're going to be about this is just going to start doing the whole like Dunkin' Donuts dude or something. <laughs> is that a reference that's like lost uh, nowadays to Dunkin' Donuts guy? Um, yeah, it's getting there. Showing my age, people are listening right now. and They're like Dunkin' Donuts. I thought it was just Dunkin'. <laughs> like, kind of think. Uh, you think? Do you know what the heavenliest coffee is? Is that a reference that gets lost on? Heavenliest people? coffee. Nah, it's not ringing a bell. Chock full of nuts. Huh. You know the best part of waking up? Folgers in your cup, baby. No, it's that split second before you realize all the other shit that you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's when I go, oh, oh man. Oh, I get to eat again today. <laughs> it's like... What am I eating later? That kind of thing. And then I go, oh, I got to check my emails. Oh, fuck. Anyway, we are doing the hot tags. Uh, that is obviously the point of this whole thing. And there's four things to talk about, but we're probably going to branch off into some other topics. Uh, let's start things off with the most negative one out of everything here. Big Cass suffered a seizure at the House of Hardcore event that happened over the past few days. A buddy of mine was actually there, and I get a text message out of nowhere, and it's just like, Hey, so uh, I'm at House of Hard Hardcore, and Big Cass just had a seizure, and they kind of want everybody to leave, which I was like, okay, he's bullshitting, whatever. Then he sends a picture, and it's an ambulance, and all just people standing around, and I'm like, huh, let me check the news. So I go in the news, and yeah, there's video of uh, Cass, he's having a seizure, and there hasn't been a whole lot of news that has come out about this that I've been able to see. The only thing that I can really come across is Tommy Dreamer had said it's not drug related, which was like, okay. And then he had said another thing saying, talk to Cass, he's feeling a little better. Am I all, all caught up or am I missing something? Uh, like, was there any other kind of things that you were aware of? Oh, Bill, who's kind of like the head honcho at WrestleZone, was there as well. And it was just kind of like, the same thing of, hey, this is happening. Tommy Dreamer has said this is not drug-related, which people immediately thought, well, that's shady. Why do you need to announce that? Yeah. But my opinion was it's just Tommy Dreamer knowing the shadiness of the wrestling industry, and he probably just wanted to get it out there immediately. Okay, this isn't drug-related, you know? Yeah, I mean, that makes um, sense, because he's been, you know, around so many people that have had drug issues, so he might have just been like, I need to be proactive about this and get this out there before people start speculating, like, did Cass overdose or something like that? Just be like, no, nah, it was a seizure, it's whatever. That kind of a thing. Yeah, um, so nothing from Cass. And seizures, they're weird, because they can be serious or like they can happen and then somebody doesn't suffer any effects at all so and there's so yeah. many things that could bring it about you know it could be it could be drug related i mean tommy dreamer saying this isn't drug related he's not a doctor and he doesn't know exactly what Cass is doing and stuff so you have to take that as like well maybe there are some side effects with that but maybe not it could be a, like an unintentional drug related thing. It could be like he took a weird thing of Advil earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it doesn't have to be that like, oh, he's on Coke or, you know, like something like that where it's like quote unquote drugs when you think of it that. It could be like a medication issue. He could be on some kind of um dietary supplement thing that's not even like a steroid type thing, but just like some regular thing and he got a bad batch of it. Or he could have mixed some weird a uh, can of Coke or Pepsi or whatever, you know, like there could be like some kind of drug related thing like that. 
It could be some, like, epileptic type thing, like some weird lighting effect got to him. He could have something really horrible, like a tumor, or, uh, you know, some kind of an aneurysm type thing or something. Seizures are, like, they're weird. You never quite know where they're coming from. Yeah, this is definitely something that should be followed up on. Now, Big Cass doesn't need to openly speak about this either. I think we just live in the social media age where we feel like he will and he should and he has to, but it's his personal life. If he doesn't want to talk about it, he doesn't have to. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to keep something to himself, it's his own health, it's its own personal business. He's not tied to any kind of a company now where the company would feel like they need to put something out there. And if we never learn why this is the case, then oh well. But it would be good to kind of clarify it in some way, like some kind of a post, whether it's a couple days from now or even a month from now or something like that, where he just says like, hey, look, I've been dealing with some kind of kidney problem and whatever, and it did this or, you know, whatever the case may be, because he has gained a lot of weight, too. So is that a matter of depression or was there some kind of a medical problem that has caused this? Because weight gain can be other things, too. You know, your thyroid could be acting up and maybe that could trigger some kind of a seizure thing. I don't know. I'm not a fucking doctor, but um, I thought it was interesting that Enzo had tweeted out the little like prayer emoji. And another thing about um, if I had a dime every time that one of us didn't get up, we'd have no uh, zero dimes, which to me is like, if there's anything good that's coming out of this, it might be just that little acknowledgement that, hey, as much as they were really close friends before and they ended up like having a falling out, it goes to show that Cass and Enzo could still make up and be friends again. Because, you know, when sometimes when things like that happen, it gives you perspective of like, yeah, we might be like bitching at each other or something, but this dude was still really close to me and I don't want anything to happen to him, you know? Yeah, and I mean, Enzo is seemingly a douche, but I don't think he's necessarily the prick that he's made out to be. I think there's different levels. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like he, he's a real son of a bitch, it seems, in some ways, but in other ways, I think it's just him using that kind of a character as a defense mechanism. Like... Maybe he got picked on as a kid, so he started to act up, you know? That's what the character comes off as. Yeah. So maybe this was just like a humbling type of thing where he's just sort of like, oh, let me let me be Eric for a minute instead of real one Enzo fucking stuff. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that that could be the case. Um, I will say I saw... There, there's really weird culture online of like, if if somebody's accused of something, you know, people will just say heinous things. Like, I apparently rumored that he kind of put his hands on Carmelo before he was released or leading up to his release. Casted? So I saw, yeah, I saw a few fans like, oh, good, good for him having a seizure because he's was abusive to Carmella and like I don't, I don't know like you don't know that you weren't living that it's the weird thing with the internet but I don't want to get off on that tangent well it's the type of thing that people don't want to admit which in the court of law you're technically supposed to be innocent until proven guilty yet the way that it really works is guilty until proven innocent and then even and then even, stigma yeah yeah you know that's exactly what I was going to say, even when you get, but again, I don't want to get into that because I don't want this to turn into like, oh, you're defending this. And yeah, I mean, let's be honest we wouldn't be defending a scenario where he would be doing something like that. And if he did, then he's a fucking asshole and he deserves yeah, like to have some kind of punishment. Shit. But I'm not saying, hey, good for you for having a seizure. <laughs> yeah, it's, especially because we don't know if that's the truth. And if it isn't, 
the truth, then that's a horrible thing to wish on somebody. And if it is the truth, it's still a shitty thing to wish on somebody, because look at Hammurabi's code. If an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. Uh, doing something bad doesn't necessarily mean you get something bad in return. Although, if you do, it feels a hell of a lot better than if you were a good person and you got something bad against you, you know? Sometimes it's kind of good to get that justice punch a little bit. But that's completely like, who knows what's going on with Cass and who knows what has happened in the past and what's going to happen with the seizure thing and stuff. The only thing I will say, though, is if we're talking what ifs, he would be uh, getting a lot better care if he was still in WWE and he suffered the seizure. Yeah, I had, I had seen you say that in the Facebook group, and you're absolutely right. That is the one downside to not being with WWE. You gotta figure he would be financially better off because they would foot the bill and they would be paying him to be out on the shelf and they would do more testing to make sure that he doesn't have any kind of issues in the future because maybe this is like a concussion type thing and if it is and he keeps wrestling on the indies afterward he could end up having another one or you know some kind of stroke or something like that like it, this could be one of those things that his career could be over or it could just be like yeah i don't know shit happens i'm fine which is kind of crazy it's not like it's like you know i got a paper cut or my arm fell off this is like all over the place exactly so obviously if we know any more information that will be spoken about in future hot tags or something like that uh speaking about the future there are rumors that there may be a queen of the ring tournament coming in 2019 which i had two immediate reactions to this number one was really that end the may young classic and number two wait a minute why can't you do a king of the ring <laughs> okay, so I talked about this on Russell's Own Daily, and it, first of all, it devolved into a conversation of how shitty people are when it comes to the progression of women's wrestling. There's still a lot of people who don't get why this is important and are just like, well, why are you pushing the women so hard? But my immediate reaction was, yeah, if we're going to do Queen of the Ring, like, like legit, if you're going to call it fucking Queen of the Ring and you don't want to invest in a King of the Ring tournament, which is a proven concept, shame on you. But I do think that a Queen of the Ring and a King of the Ring, uh, like the, a two-night tournament, let's say, where one night's the King, one night's the Queen, would be really good. I could see, and I put this on a small package on the website a little bit, but I could see a scenario, and if WWE wouldn't consider this, I would think that they would be ridiculous. Because also, we don't know if there's any truth to this whatsoever. And it could be just total BS, like when people go, Halloween Havoc is coming back, and it never fucking does. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing Queen of the Ring, that means that you acknowledge the fact that King of the Ring is an idea that is good. Which means there's no reason that you didn't do King of the Ring all these past few years. Which means you should do King of the Ring as well. Now, you can't do King of the Ring and then just be like, okay, we're going to call this the King of the Ring pay-per-view. And we're also going to have Queen of the Ring. Because then that's kind of belittling the women's part of it. And you can't call it King and Queen of the Ring because it's just like, it doesn't you know, flow as well. Queen of the Ring already doesn't sound like all that. It's kind of weird anyway. But what you can do very easily is do a Queen and King of the Ring tournament setting up an event over the course of Raw and SmackDown for weeks. Like, I, I put this on like the, the small package thing. I think it was f right following SummerSlam, where you're in that lull where you know that like, Survivor Series isn't going to mean as much because more than likely it'll still be a brand split thing, which it should be. And brand split stuff, Survivor Series really doesn't account for all that much. It's just sort of like, well, this is a fun big pay-per-view, but we're not going to get any title changes. We're not going to get this, like that kind of thing. So you need something to kind of keep people's imagination. SummerSlam ends. 
And you go, all right, the party of the summer is over, blah, 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 blah. Here's the next thing we're going to go into, which is we're going to start building up to our September or October pay-per-view, whichever you want to call it, which I would prefer something like a regal type thing to it. I don't know. Uh, but then you have qualifying matches and you have a tournament that plays out over the course of Raw and SmackDown for the men and the women. And then when you get to whatever that next pay-per-view is, and you could even do something as simple as what I did, which was bring back No Mercy. It's not a regal theme, but you could say like, have somebody come out there and be like, you know, when I win the King of the Ring under my regime, there is going to be No Mercy. There you go. That explains it. And that way, the No Mercy pay-per-view is kind of like, here's a regular pay-per-view, but one of the featured matches is the finals of the Queen of the Ring, and one of the featured matches is the finals of the King of the Ring. Kind of like what Money in the Bank is. You got men's and women's Money in the Bank matches, and then the rest of the card is other stuff. That way you don't do a whole tournament in a night, because there's not enough time to do a men's and a women's tournament in a night. And if you did a, a women's tournament in one night, then you're kind of defeating the purpose of evolution a little bit. And you're also, just in general, of doing a Queen of the Ring tournament, I kind of don't want them to do that and to do the Mae Young Classic. Well, the Queen of the Ring can be for the women who are actually on the roster, whereas the Mae Young Classic is like this, you know, celebration of unsigned female talent. Yeah, but it's sort of like... Do we need two tournaments throughout the year that take space over that time frame that are really for nothing other than just saying, here's the winner of insert blank women's tournament? So, by the way, that's not a Vince idea at all, because the whole reason, according to uh, Bruce Pritchard and other sources like that, that we don't have King of the Ring is because Vince just doesn't like tournaments. He's just not a fan of tournaments. Which to me is crazy because I can understand not liking it on certain pay-per-views because you're limited to only being able to work with those people and people have to work multiple matches and stuff. But tournaments in general is one of the best possible things you can do to set up angles and stuff. Because it's it's so fucking easy. And they they like being lazy. Why don't they like the easy thing? When you had like the Cruiserweight tournament leading up to WrestleMania... That made every match on 205 Live matter for that time frame. Which is like, why wouldn't you want to have that built-in thing? Because if you put, let's just say under the Queen of the Ring, if you do Natalia versus Liv Morgan on Raw next week, I don't fucking care. But if Natalia versus Liv Morgan is a Queen of the Ring tournament match, suddenly I'm looking at the bracket. You know what I mean? And the concept of Queen of the Ring, and just like it was for King of the Ring, could go so far in pushing new talent, you know what I mean? Like, King of the Ring, for whatever reason, was always good for, we can give somebody this accolade. Now, that's kind of been replaced by Money in the Bank. But this is the way to push somebody without there being this looming... This must-have championship qualifications, and if they fail, well, then they're just going to be pointed at and laughed at. With King of the Ring, you can give somebody a new gimmick, you can give somebody a push, and it doesn't have to be this permanent, well, they're going to be champion, you know what I mean? Like, it can just be, hey, they're the King of the Ring, and let's see where this goes. So, like, Queen of the Ring, to me, what a great way to push Bianca Belair or uh, you said Liv Morgan. What a great way to set aside Liv Morgan from the pack, set aside Mandy Rose from the pack. I think it's a win-win if you do it right. My only issue is that I'm not, I can see if anyone who listens to this is just a diehard women's wrestling person, I can see them saying, oh, well, you're a misogynist for what I'm about to say, but you should not do a Queen of the Ring without just the common sense of doing your honored tradition of King of the Ring. 
It just doesn't make sense. And you shouldn't do one without the other. And that's mostly because they've had King of the Ring before. Like this is this is a spinoff of King of the Ring. It's kind of like when you do Oceans Five or whatever the fuck the most recent thing was, and it's like okay, you did Oceans Eleven and Oceans Twelve and Oceans Thirteen, and you're just doing the spinoff of like the women's version of it. It's not its own entity. If it was its own thing, then yeah, they could do a women's thing without the men's thing. But it's sort of like almost as if like you suggest. The idea of like, well, how about let's only have the Elimination Chamber be just the women this year. And then you go, okay, well, then what do you do with the men's title? Kind of a thing. Like, yeah, Queen of the Ring tournament could be on its own. But then everybody's going to wonder why you didn't do King of the Ring. Because it had been there beforehand. And it's kind of like, well, then why don't you do the King of the Ring? Because King of the Ring would be good for the men's division, too. Like, why don't you do both? But I could see a scenario where this actually isn't even a tournament if it does happen. It wouldn't shock me at all if we find out after TLC and after the Royal Rumble, if Alexa Bliss is not back to wrestling again, if she puts up some kind of like general manager type thing where she goes, where you're going to do a Queen of the Ring battle royal at WrestleMania. Because remember, uh, they didn't, they had that fabulous Moolah Memorial thing and they changed it and it was just WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. They never came up with another name for it. It would not shock me at all if they called it the Queen of the Ring. That w- That's actually really good. And then you don't feel so bad. And it's not a tournament, so Vince doesn't have the tournament issue. And you can have like a crown that they win if you want to. And it could be like, okay, you you won the Queen of the Ring Battle Royal at WrestleMania, and that's your push out of that. Realistically speaking, I would be okay with that, because even though it's not a tournament and that is a spinoff that's weird from a King of the Ring tournament type thing, I like that a lot better than that rumor that actually turned out to be pretty much almost true, that they were going to call that NXT UK show King of the Ring, because they put that fucking graphic up. Oh yeah, and they were. I I read an interview with somebody about that. I forgot what was the deciding switch, but they were going to call the NXT show hey, King of the Ring. King. Yeah, and I think they just decided that as a brand, that's probably a stupid name rather than a one-off show. Because it's just, you do that and then everybody's going to be like, wait, King of the Ring was a pay-per-view that was before and now it's just the United Kingdom thing? Like, NXT UK is so much better. But I could see Queen of the Ring being in that battle royal. Or, even more than likely, I could see this just not being a thing. You know? Just, we, 2019 goes by and at the end of the year we go, wasn't Queen of the Ring supposed to be something? And it just isn't. Well, it'll, it's probably in their back pocket, if anything. Um, random side notes. You brought up NXT UK. Did you see the rumor that it was actually supposed to be NXT Europe, but because of the whole Brexit issue, it just became NXT UK, and they're trying to figure out what to do for like the rest of the European area. Like before they even had the United Kingdom Championship, so they would have yeah, just had the European Championship again. Like I guess so. Like it was supposed to be NXT Europe. Maybe it would have been the uh, the NXT European Championship instead of the WWE United Kingdom Champion. Well, I didn't hear that rumor, but it makes sense. And number uh, number one that I would pull out of that, I would think that they would not bring back that ugly ass European title. <laughs> oh no, it would have been updated for sure, and that would have been better, I think, than NXT UK. NXT. Uh, NXT EU sounds really bad because that sounds like you're going like NXT EU. Um, <laughs> but NXT Europe, and then they would have the North American Championship, and then they would have like the NXT Asian Championship, and then the NXT South American Championship, and you know, like they probably go like continent wise. Maybe in the future they go ahead and do that. Maybe they have like 
some kind of NXT Germany and NXT whatever, and then they do, you know, five years from now, they kind of do like, we're going to merge all these together and it's going to be one governing body and we have the performance center in Europe. And from now on, NXT UK is going to be folded into NXT whatever and the United Kingdom Championship ceases to exist and all these championships, like, they kind of merge a little bit. Not that they should really necessarily merge that, because even though I like merging things, you gotta kind of see what works and what doesn't work, but I could see that being the case. Or they just go ahead and they go with, like, well, we've got NXT UK, and we'll bring in people from Germany. And we've got... They build to, like, NXT... uh, Japan. Or maybe they'll just go NXT Asia. Anyway, you know? Yeah. And bring back uh, Ho-Ho-Loon. I forgot about Ho-Ho-Loon. How can you not? He was, uh, you... where was he from? He's from China. China, that was it? Was he Hong Kong? Um, I don't remember. I just know that he was famous for, like, starting his own backyard promotion. And his name was fucking Ho-Ho-Loon. Like, <laughs> what a great name. He needed a feud with Little Debbie something. And uh, Ring Ding McGee or something. You know? <laughs> like, Ring Ding McGee. <laughs> Zebra Cakes something. Of a tag team. Um, Ziggler Zebra Cakes. Yeah, Ziggler Cakes. There you go. Uh, let's talk about Edge and Christian's show that totally reeks of awesomeness. Uh, it totally reeks, uh, at least. Of... Um, the Heartbreak Kinder was the name of this episode. That's, that makes me laugh. I did not like this one at all. I liked one line on one part, basically, which was, I smell a rat and it's not Missy Hyatt. <laughs> Everything else on this, I thought it was stupid as hell. Um, see, I, I just, I like their brand of comedy and I like what they're utilizing the network for. So I tend to just, even when I don't find an episode hysterical, I like it because I want more stuff like this on the network. I'm okay with not having any more of this on the network. I like when they do like when they do like the inside WWE type stuff. I like that. I think that that's funny. And to a certain extent, I liked the um, the beard challenge thing. But I didn't laugh that it was called face pubes. Because to me, I was just like, eh. okay. And I did not find that nil Nascaris thing funny at all. And that went on through the entire episode. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. And the nils Nascaris's um, I don't know. It just brings me back to Pritchard with the whole no yap, <laughs> no yap, no yap, no yap. Uh, I would say skip it. Last week was a better episode. If you're binging it, you know this. This is a good one that you could do other stuff while it's playing in the background. And finally, I want to talk about Monday Night Raw and a couple different things. Uh, our main story is that the Raw Tag Team Championship changed hands. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable beat AOP in a handicap match because they were able to pin Drake Maverick. But that's not the only thing we're going to talk about. We're going to kind of circle back around to that. There's something else that I want to talk about uh, that I'm not even listing necessarily on this, which is... Monday Night Raw started off with Seth Rollins cutting a promo, blaming the way that Raw has been recently on Baron Corbin. And I equally absolutely hate that, and I also respect the fuck out of it. It's weird, because definitely what that was is they have heard that people didn't like these episodes of Raw that have been happening recently, which, side note, they're not any worse than what they've been. It's sucked like yeah. this the entire year. Yeah. If that's... not 
2017, 2016 and stuff too. I don't know why people are going nuts now about it. Uh, but they clearly know with the ratings being bad and just people complaining online that people haven't been liking it. And this is clearly them addressing that. But I have to admit, it's a little clever for them to try to make it seem like it's all because of Baron Corbin, because it gives them heat for Baron Corbin, and it tries to push the blame away from Vince McMahon and company to, well, we're all doing this for, you know, it's kind of like the type of thing where you fall ass backwards into something, and then you go, I meant to do that. You know, you, uh, you're you playing golf, and you fucking swing, and somehow, even though you botched your swing you get a hole in one and you go yeah see i knew i got that in that shot or you're throwing a basketball blind and it bounces weird and it goes in you know what i mean yep so i i respect them for doing that because that's honestly a move that i would probably do if i were in that writer's room i'd probably be like how can we use this and make this something that gets heat on baron corbin and takes the heat away from them a little bit but it's still shitty to do because it means that they're deflecting the blame and they're not acknowledging that they fucked up. It's it's weird because, and I don't want to, I don't want to like tell the history of the watch here, but ever since Punk, they rely on these like, okay, so we're gonna have somebody come out and just admit that everything sucks and that'll be a good way to pop some numbers and get some intrigue going because they've done this a lot you know um that's kind of how we fell into the whole daniel bryan thing because following punk leaving they were like hey uh just have daniel bryan call out triple h and everything kind of fell into place I liked seeing Rollins do this mostly because it really, for the first time since Roman left, put the spotlight on somebody as the top baby face. It really made it like, well, Rollins is standing up to Corbin and he's not even being backed up by Elias and Balor. It was just Rollins by himself. And that's kind of what we need. That's what... I feel like Rollins has been building up to all year. But at the same time, I'm not going to be delusional and say, oh, well, they're scared of the ratings. I think that they acknowledge the rating. I think that they're scared that this was the lowest number of all time. But I also think, like you said, it's not been the worst. It is very Corbin-centric, so it's a good thing to put the negative energy onto him because this will be an angle that just goes for maybe five more days i don't think it goes on past tlc honestly and it's a good way to say all right it sucked because it's, it's corbin but that's not necessarily true it sucked because it's december and this is always sucky in december and they did this weird thing where they're like how can Corbin not do something? And how has he just let his friends, you know, get away with murder? That This is the kind of storytelling where they need to stop because it's like I can go throughout the entire history of the last 18 years, 20 years in WWE, and every single one of your authority figures have done the same thing. Everybody gets power mad and just lets the show run amok. It's or they... Corbin or just somebody who like doesn't really amount to too much, and then they replace them with a power hungry type of person because they get bored with it. Yep. It's just that Corbin is an active wrestler, and you don't usually see an active wrestler as the authority figure. There's no, there isn't that separation there. But again, I don't think it'll last longer than TLC. I think Kurt Angle will be back in. Uh, the general manager position by no later than January 7th, which is the first Royal in a year. 
Hmm. So I disagree with that. I don't think that this is going to be going back to Kurt Angle that fast, or maybe not even at all, because they they do have that backup option of Alexa Bliss. And depending on what's happening with her and her medical status and stuff like that, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they do something where Corbin loses his ability to be the manager of Raw this Sunday. And then you turn around right around on the next episode of Raw and it's just like Alexa Bliss is talking to Stephanie backstage and she just goes, well, you know, I am in control of the women's division. And she goes, how about I just get an increase of power? And she goes, I think it's about time that we have a women's general manager on Monday Night Raw. And then they just do that. Shut like, up. I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> can, well, let's be honest. She wouldn't say that. She would say, it's about time we have a women's general manager on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> We are the leaders in the women's. I just listen. I I love women's dress. Like I don't want to see that. And then Alexa Bliss goes as my first active general manager of Monday Night Raw. I'm going to have a Q and A segment, and then we go, Jesus <laughs> Christ. But like, I could see it goes like back to the fucking thing we just did, the Mount Rushmore. I don't want to see heel authority figures that they're so wrapped up in themselves. I just want to see Teddy Long be you know, off to the side doing his thing. He did his job. That's how he ended up on, on the Mount Rushmore. He did his damn <laughs> job. And that's all I want to see. Like, the only way I'll accept the heel GM, and this is only going towards Mania, because I think it would be great if you put Paul Heyman in the GM role, and then it makes sense that Lesnar is never there because, well, the general manager is his guy. So, what are you really going to do? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't think that they have a good game plan for WrestleMania. And if this general manager thing is going to stretch into WrestleMania, then they could go with a Corbin thing. They could go with an Alexa Bliss thing. They could go with a Paul Heyman thing. They could go with that there's no general manager. Like they really could actually technically cause they're WWE and they just switch things up on a fly as it is. They could have Corbin lose his spot as an authority figure and not do anything with it at all. And just be like, Hey, this match is happening tonight. And then leading up to WrestleMania, they've got like Stephanie and triple H pop up once in a while. They could just do that. Like, we're not Survivor Series where we need the general manager thing to be general manager against general manager type thing anymore. And this is the type of year where we've got the Royal Rumble and we've got uh, WrestleMania and Fastlane and Elimination Chamber. They've got a lot of stuff going on that's just going to be distractions. And we also have two, no, three NXT takeovers. So we got three, four, five, six, seven different events that are happening over the next four months. That's a lot. Would you take a full-time babyface Triple H? As a general manager? Like, if it's just NXT Triple H, but he's on Raw. Yeah, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, I think I could see that, too. Or, you know... I don't think it'll happen, but... I like it. I don't know. I I would rather the move back to Kurt Angle, because it's familiar... But if you're going to move away from Corbin, you need to move to a baby face. We need to get, like, we need that Teddy Long, man. We need somebody that's just going to do their job and not become a central part of storyline. You know what I wouldn't want to see? I know he he pitched for it and stuff, but I wouldn't want to see Woken Matt Hardy. Oh, my God. I'd rather see Hogan than Hardy. I just don't yeah. want the Woken Matt Hardy character being the general manager coming out and cutting those promos. I'm over it. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, there's so many options. I just don't want to see a heel character. You know, strike a deal with a legend. Like, strike a deal with Austin. Let Austin be the GM. Or strike a deal with um, I was gonna say The Rock, but he's like the biggest star in the world. Yeah, it's not um, happening. Um, just check a deal. Check a deal with uh, 
John, let Sean do the GM thing. We just don't have a GM for a little bit. You don't need that story. It's WrestleMania. Just put people up against each other. Yeah. But the yeah. uh, that whole idea of them doing this put the blame on Corbin thing was, I feel, totally a deflecting move. And another thing that they had done on Raw, which I feel was completely in the response to the ratings, was have Chad Gable and Bobby Roode win the tag titles. Now, they won that with such little care to this division going on right now. It's clear. And this has been happening the entire year. Because think back. This is what we've gone through this year in the Raw, just the Raw tag team division. We've had the Seth Rollins and uh, Dean Ambrose tag team go under because Dean Ambrose was injured, which, hey, you know what? They were planning on splitting them up. They wanted to do the whole angle with that, and they didn't get a chance to because of an injury. I don't blame them. But then they put that on Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan, and they were going to build this whole thing, which that would have sucked. And then Jason Jordan gets injured. So they switch it over to the bar. And then the bar, after only holding the title for, I don't know, a month or whatever it was, they lose it at WrestleMania to Braun Strowman, which... The week or so before WrestleMania, they still quite hadn't put Braun Strowman up in a match yet. So it was sort of like, let's just book him in this kind of a thing. And he tags with a 10-year-old. So it's a joke. It's a complete joke. They vacate it the next night. It stays vacated until we have the bar against the Deleters of Worlds, which was pretty much a joke. They have a joke tag team reign and they lose it to the B team which are jokes they lose that title to McIntyre and Ziggler who exist as a team pretty much only to eventually split up and then they do this whole thing with the dogs of war and it goes over to Ambrose and Rollins and immediately when it goes over to Ambrose and Rollins it 20 seconds later it's a DDT and they break up and the authors of pain win the title and the authors of pain hold the title for Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. You cannot convince me that that was the plan. Well, I want to actually, we should have touched on this before because I don't always like going back, but I want to go back to the Rollins promo. He didn't just talk about Corbin. He talked about like the revival are awesome. Why? What the hell are Lucha house rules? <laughs> and, and, what are we gonna have more pee jokes? It was really like, on one hand, you can say, okay, they're putting the blame on Corbin, and then they had these like weird inside things of like, no more pee jokes. And sure enough, tonight there was no Lucha House rules, and there was no pee jokes. So you think like they were just like, uh, okay, let's just not do it. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of faith that they actually learned their lesson. <laughs> I do think that they're going to stop the P-Jokes. Yeah, well, now that they're champions, if they keep doing the P-Jokes, it's just going to be like, alright, we get it, guys. You don't fucking care about the tag titles. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, Root and Gable can potentially have great matches with the Revival. I think Gable looks atrocious. Because he's just Bobby Roode Jr. and it's odd. The only thing he hasn't done yet is cut his hair, and I'm hoping that's not coming. And I like both those guys too so much more when they're separate. Like if Bobby Roode was a heel right now and he was over on SmackDown and he was in the main event picture, that'd be great. And if Chad Gable was a mid Carter fighting for the United States title or fighting for the Intercontinental title, or if he was over on 205 Live right now just fucking performing his ass off, that would be great. Chad Gable and Jason Jordan as a tag team, I liked American Alpha a lot. Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, they are not a good tag team. And who, if they are going to. came up with the fucking. Oh, but, uh, Gable's just going to do Bobby's whole shtick. Uh, robe, whoever did lazy as hell. Robe movements, gear, and everything. 
It's really it's, stupid. It's lame. It doesn't help either of the guys, too. It's like, it makes Bobby Roode look like even more that he's nothing other than his song. And it makes Gable look like he's a fucking fanboy. Anonymously. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. I feel like with, when they realized that the pee jokes weren't working and they they knew this was the, the direction they were going to go. I feel like they were like, uh, Gable. So we're going to make you guys an actual tag team. But in order to do that, you're just going to morph into Bobby Roode. So it looks like you guys have this matching glorious gimmick. And they still don't have a team name. I like Peter's suggestion, uh, Glorious Alpha. It's simple enough. Just fucking go with it. But if they go with like, I don't know. Ready, really and Glorious. I'd even be fine with that. I just hate it when they go like, our tag team champions are guy and guy. Because then you're like, all right, they're not a tag team. They're two people holding a tag team title. We know that Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler were never meant to be a tag team. They were only meant to stick around each other. Titus Worldwide was the tag team. The Usos are a tag team. The Bar became a tag team. Like, they started off as just two guys, and then they called themselves The Bar, and they started wearing matching stuff, and they had one entrance that they would come out to, and different things like that. They became a tag team. The New Day is a tag team. The Clones are a tag team, etc., etc. But Bobby Roode and Chad Gable is not a true tag team in my mind yet. And for them to hold the Royal Tag Team Championship right now, I feel like they only put the titles on them to get people to go, oh, look at that, a title change happened on Raw. And they're going to lose them next week. Or they'll lose them the first Raw of the new year or something like that. Like, Roode and Gable can't be these tag team champions going into WrestleMania. Yes, they absolutely can. Well, not if you want to make WrestleMania seem like it's worth a damn. You know, all right. Let's 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 play a game of what have the last three WrestleManias been for tag team matches? You covered uh, Braun Strowman and Nicholas. Yeah. Then I think the year before that it was who are the champions? Uh, Gallows and Anderson. Even though and, uh, they had plenty of team names, they have plenty of team names, but they refused to. Call them the Good Brothers. Acknowledge any any team names, um, and for the life of me, I, and then at WrestleMania 32, they weren't even defended because that was the League of Nations versus the New Day. <laughs> and then at, at 31, they had the ridiculous four way where it was Tyson Kidd and Cesaro again, generic team name, defending it and victoriously. In the kickoff show. So why can't Rudin Gable do that? God damn it, WWE. <laughs> like, why couldn't this be? You turn the Revival baby face and the Revival beats the Authors of Pain. Like, why not, WWE? What the fuck, Cause, you know? Because the Revival are actually tag team wrestlers and not two guys that you can pair together and eventually split off when you need extra meat in your divisions. I hate it so much. At this point, it's like, all right, just go ahead and book it. Just do the Rude and Gable against the Authors of Pain, against the Revival, against the Lucha House Party at WrestleMania. Just fucking book it. You know you're going to do it. Put it on the pre-show. Nobody cares. Whatever. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I bet you that the Raw Tag Titles switching hands was literally just a mandate of the last two weeks, nothing has felt like it's happened. Let's convince people that anything can happen on Monday Night Raw and give a babyface a tag title switch. And that way it's like, oh, look, we're undoing the damage of the piss thing and the title changed hands. So you should watch Monday Night Raw next week. Which, that's not going to convince anybody. Now, if the Intercontinental title would have switched hands, then people maybe would have been like, ooh, shit, something's different. I kind of expected it to. I thought that it did too. I was going to, I had my post drafted up and everything like that. I I thought that in order to just shake things up, I thought Corbin was going to leave with the IC title. 
I thought that uh, Slater's involvement would have been some kind of a messed up thing. And then right when you would think that Rollins was still like, yeah, but he's fighting back against the odds, then Ambrose would have fucked him over. But hey, it didn't happen. Um, Talk about some inconsistent booking, though. I thought for sure that Rude was going to pin Maverick. And then Corbin would come out like the heel general manager, like that they were pitching the entire show and say, whoa, 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 whoa. I said it was a three on two. But that doesn't mean you can beat Drake Maverick and become a tag champion. You have to pin AOP. The match is going to restart. Yeah, I kind of thought maybe something would happen like that. Though, actually, I, to be honest, more than anything, I thought that the match, because I wasn't paying much attention to it, when I looked over, I thought that it was Acom. Or Razor, I can't remember which one, and Drake Maverick, and that was it. Because one of the guys was on the outside, just walking around on the floor, and I was like, "Oh, this is just like you know, one guy that's an actual member of the team and Drake Maverick in a tag team match or something like that." I it didn't even register to me that it was a handicap match and it was for the tag titles. So when Maverick got pinned, then it was like, "Oh, we got new tag team champions." I was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Like. Huh? Because I'm like, okay, well, it'll be the the one guy and Maverick, and then Corbin will come out and say, no, this is another handicap match, and then whatever, or something like that. Like, just because the show, even when I'm doing reporting on this kind of stuff, I can't watch it all because it's just like too much crap going on and really too little interest in a lot of different ways. And um, I have no interest in seeing Rude and Gable be champions for a while. They're not a good tag team, so just switch it over. Well, who, do you switch it over immediately to the revival? Uh, well, see, they're running low on teams now. I mean, what I would want to do, like, uh, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do with my fantasy booking WrestleMania for this year. I usually like to do it where you can go back an entire year, but I might stick to something like a shorter time frame, like SummerSlam or something, but. If you were to tell me, like, all right, now you can try to build something, you've got the keys to the kingdom, go ahead, Tony. I can't go back in time, all that kind of stuff. I would probably say AOP beats Rude and Gable next week on Raw. We have another rematch again the week after that or whatever. And then we slowly start building towards the revival turn face and the revival fight AOP at WrestleMania. Rude and Gable go into the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Lucha House Party. They can just do nothing. They can do good Lucha things. Yeah, they can do... Well, at least Kalisto can. But now they're... They don't need to be a focal point. They're on 205.5. They got two shows that they can fight on. You know? Yeah. Um... Because I think people want to cheer the Revival. And if you do that, then they're the next best tag team that's on Monday Night Raw right now. So, hey, why not? I'm actually, it's sad because this is what happened the first time around with the draft. But I'm in favor of merging the divisions and then having a one really good tag division instead of two subpar tag divisions. Hmm. Yeah, I never liked that idea. But it could happen. I mean, if the women's tag team titles end up proving themselves to be really advantageous, they might go, well, why don't we just do that with the fans too, you know? Yeah. The only downside with that, though, is that Fox deal. I don't know if they're going to want to do that. That's right. They did say they wanted only SmackDown and to not promote Raw in any way. If they they go ahead and do that, and they replace those ugly fucking titles that I might be down for because I've always hated the Spartan head thing. That's going to be a really interesting move. What is it, October 9th of next year? Sometime in 19th, maybe? Something like that. They announced it the other day. Uh, it's October 2019, whatever it is. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess we can see if... Uh, if there is some kind of permanent 
idea with this Rudin Gable thing. I don't think that there is. I think that it was just a tag title switch over to be like, hey, look, title changes. Things happen on Raw. Tune in next week. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in full on. Is it January yet? Mode. For all elite. Not even for all elite. Just for the wrestling business picks up so much in January. This is such a lull of a month. And I'm ready for it to be like, as much as it's going to be annoying for WrestleZone to have to do all these fucking shows. I'm so in the mood for it to be like, oh shit, this happened and this happened. And it's like, there's so much going on right now. You know, I'd rather it be that than, all right, what are we doing? Hey, look, Ambrose has a gas mask on. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm in the mood for, hey, did you see Wrestle Kingdom? Did you see NXT TakeOver Blackpool? Did you see NXT TakeOver Phoenix? You know, I can't wait. Like, that's so much more fun to, to cover. It's stressful on a workload standpoint, but it's at least fun yeah i see what you mean and then in january i'm gonna be like i'm so fucking tired or something like, i don't know we'll oh see. no 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 well, i'm gonna be exhausted the entire month of january but it's better than not liking what's in front of me well tell us if you guys liked what's in front of you on your screen right now by dropping a comment below and telling us your thoughts on this episode of the hot tags Make sure that you stay tuned for what we've got coming next, which is going to be the TLC predictions, either on Wednesday or Thursday, most likely on Wednesday. And uh, best way to be aware of that is to subscribe on YouTube and ring the little bell for the notifications. Also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. If you are interested in the Patreon, by showing your support with the you know the little bit on the money side, there is a bunch of different tiers on that, so take advantage of that if you can. Uh, the T Public and the Red blah, 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 the Red Bubble, not the Read Bubble, are the merchandise shops for that. And there's multiple merchandise shops for all these other kind of things too. A Mango Tees and Fanboys Anonymous. A couple of people have been saying that they're not sure what Fanboys Anonymous is, and if you are unaware of what that is, I don't, kind of don't know why you don't know by now, but. Fanboysanonymous.com is my site that I use for non-wrestling stuff where, you know, I'm going to be watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse on Thursday. So when that happens, I'll put up a review about that. I'm working on, I had done like the Creed review. I I did uh, an article recently about the six flicks picks for December. Like there's just, you know, whatever it's on, like more of the movie side of things like that. But Every once in a while, something else, like the TV or comic books or video games, because I do have a Pokemon thing that I'm working on, and I was talking about my preferred lineup of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, so I tap into games every once in a while, too, and uh, that is where you'll find that all, fanboysanonymous.com, so go ahead and subscribe to that all over the place on those social media accounts and follow me at Tony Mango and a mango tree and all the other kind of things like that. And bleacher report and e wrestling news. I think that's it on, on my uh, plug side of things. So Rob round us out. Uh, wrestlezone.com for your daily wrestling news. I do that six days a week guys. So, you know, show it some love. We do try to have up to the minute scoops as soon as they are released to the public via credible sources and that is it's a great team it's a great website lots of new japan coverage lots of lucha coverage just all around wrestling goodness um and then time killer apparel is my brand so if you're looking for t-shirts hoodies and things like that that are not wrestling specific but maybe more on the hey i'm going to this rock concert and this brand is cool check out timekillerapparel.com other than that you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dude felice that may change i don't know maybe not because i already bought domain names and shit but yeah that's it for me 
And mailbag is coming up next week, so start brainstorming those mailbag questions, everybody, because that's going to be the final mailbag of the year, because the episode that's happening after that is the 2018 Smart Out Moment Awards. So also start brainstorming those, too, and fill out that feedback form on the website if you want to help me improve Smart Out Moment in the future, and uh, we will see you in the future next week. Or actually, no, the TLC predictions this week. So a couple days from now. <laughs> yeah. Adios, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode and all of your support all over the different places that you do whatever you do. This has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out. Ah!